0: So, today we're going to be talking about adoption. That's the um, chapter in the Systematic Theology book that we find ourselves in this week. We're going to look at a couple of different places where this is spoken of in Scripture, and we're going to kind of draw out and think about what it is that we have been, that we mean to say when we say that we've been brought into the family of God, we've been adopted. What is it speaking of? Um, Here are a couple of things that I want to. To just, I'm, this is not necessarily going to be things that come out in the scripture, but these are things that, um, that whenever I see it take place in the lives of believers, that it encourages me greatly. Like I am very much pro adoption, um, and and I'm very much pro pro like intentional um, adoption in the sense that we see adoption that we can participate. In on, on this side in this life as a reflection to the world about what it is that we ourselves, where we find ourselves um, having been adopted into the family of God. So I'm very much pro-adoption. Um, so if any of you know of anyone who has adopted, who is a, a, a believer or not, um, uh, I, I just pray for them, encourage them, lift them up. Um, In earthly adoption, uh, we see a beautiful picture of what God has uh, done for us. So um, another thing um, here is, I just want to mention up front, um, I think that when we think about God as our Father... um, one thing that I find myself, and I'm very fortunate um that that God has given that God has blessed me to have a wonderful earthly father uh mothers well mom's here in class <laughs> but specifically here we're going to be talking about god as our as our father and and um I find myself Oftentimes, especially early in uh, my walk with God, the way that I understood God as our father was directly impacted by the thoughts that I had about my own father right um, so in in all those ways that um, that God was a good father to me i feel I feel as though my my dad he he fit that he fit that bill in a lot of ways, but I realize as well that not everyone's experience with their father is like my experience for for example um my my mother in law um her father had nothing to do with her in life right um and within the church, we also have many people who come from varying experiences with their earthly fathers. And as my experience had a positive impact on the, the way that I looked at God, it was not, for example, it was not hard for me um, as a new believer to, to grasp the concept that when I fail, I turn to God and not away from Him as though I had to flee because He will beat me. For the things that i've done right because i had an earthly father that that whenever i would do wrong now he wasn't happy with it and he would discipline where where discipline was needed but it was never more harsh than it ought to be it was never something that that i was in fear of the repercussions because it he was gonna bring the hammer down too heavily on top of me but i i I realize as well um that there are those who when they think about their earthly father they have the opposite experience that when they think about that just the idea of a father that they come that that the baggage that comes along with that is one uh, that God in his kindness in his mercy in his timing in his sanctifying work within us um, will glorify himself even through those negative experiences so that those whose earthly fathers um, were not shining examples um, will have a better perspective than I could have as to just how good our Heavenly Father is. Right. So as we as we get into this subject today, let's, I just want to kind of mention that that if if you happen to come from a background that that maybe brings negative thoughts when you think about a father, um, God is not that kind of father. Right? Um, uh, for me to say that He's a good father doesn't do justice to. Um, to that, right? So, okay. We're going to be in Romans chapter 8 today. Um, we're going to be looking um, next at 1 Peter chapter 1, and then we're going to look a couple of different places in Matthew, and then God willing um, and time willing, we'll, we'll make it to Hebrews chapter 12 today. So I want us to look at this. When we think about the various aspects of what has occurred um, As God has called us to himself, drawn us by the preaching of his word, as he's um, led us by his Holy Spirit to faith and belief, and we are new creations. Um, We've been justified before him. We have right standing before him because of the work of Christ. There's another aspect of this, um, this gift that's been given to us that is... Um, probably one of the most personal aspects um, of what has occurred and and I don't want us to miss that that he has not just given us right standing uh, not just made us righteous before him in the work of Christ but that he has made us his children right like and and in doing that something comes like there's something that comes along with being part of the family of God that is very personal, um, that it impacts every aspect of who we are and what we do, what we have to hope for, like like when we think about God as our Father, if I can say that he's my Father and Dustin can say he's his Father, if you can say that he's your Father, then we are Family. Now, I'm not talking about the family that your workplace might try to put on you because family will work extra hours for one another, right? That's not the kind of family family that that you... Okay, so what I'm talking about is like in eternity, in eternity, given 10,000 years from now, the relationships that we have with one another as brothers and sisters of Christ will be the primary family relationship that you consider for all eternity. Now, my mother will always be my mother. My children will always be my children, right? Like that's a, that's a statement of fact that is unchangeable, right? But in eternity... God is knitting together a family that is so much bigger than the individual families that we have and that's connections in time will be so much stronger than we could ever have imagined. Right now, now let's let's be real. Um on this side fam- like if you've got, if you're if you got a close family family's everything, right? Like family is absolutely everything and it's like blood before everything else, right? Right like if if someone comes against my brother, like they're coming against me right um, and the reality is is oftentimes this is not a stretch of the imagination but for just friends that might not always be the case right sometimes we may not not necessarily have our friends may not necessarily have our backs as close as our family may have our backs right but when we consider what God is doing in the work of drawing us together, we ought to consider the relationships that we have with one another as a closer knitting together than the families that we have, their earthly families, right? Now, I, I, I get that, that that's something that is difficult for us to wrap our minds around. Especially if you have family that's that's close, and and what what I pray and what we ought to pray is that our earthly family becomes that heavenly family, right? We should we should seek like to win our children, to win our brothers, to win our sisters, to win our mothers and our fathers, right? Like we should seek that out, okay, so that those those two don't go separate ways in eternity, right? But in eternity there is going to be something that is taking place in this knitting together of the people of God that supersedes, okay? And that's that's kind of what I what I want us to to think about and and so when we think about what we do here together as the people of God, as the children of God, as the family of God, we ought to be seeing more and more, not less and less, a uh, drawing closer together as siblings who, who all love our Heavenly Father, who all seek to do His will, and, and it ought to be my heart to see you follow Him closer, and it ought to be your heart to see me follow Him closer, right? We've been adopted into this family. So, um, and when we see this language in Scripture, um, what we're going to find is that it seems very, there's very much this like communal speaking about this the we's, the us's. Right, So so listen, to the brothers, right? This is what we're going to see here. Verse 12 of, of chapter 8, So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. And this is where he gets, he kind of, this, this hope and promise of the Spirit here is kind of Pushing us into the reality of what it means that He's given us this spirit. For verse 15 or um, verse 14, excuse me. For all who are led by the Spirit are sons of God. So if the Spirit of God is dwelling in you, you are a son of God. And then speaking about the Spirit that we've received as sons and daughters of God here, verse 15, For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons whom, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Okay? So this spirit that has been given to us, and, and this is where, like, you may ha- you may come from a background where um, if if um, your father may have been unreliable, your father may have been undependable, your father may not have been around much, your father may have been, when he was around, terrible to you, okay? You may have the idea, the concept of, in your mind of running from your father, not fleeing to your father, of of running to someone else when it comes to needing help and not crying out to your father when, when it came to needing help. But the father that we have in heaven, this father God, we ought to cry out to in our needs, right? And we're going to see this in, in a couple of different places when we look in in, um, in Matthew here in a bit. Um, God has given us a spirit, right? So if you are his child, If you find yourself coming from that starting point of you had a father that you run from, what you're going to find is the spirit that dwells within you more and more is going to be chiseling away at that baggage so that you see yourself not fleeing from your heavenly father, but running to him. The spirit that dwells within you is a spirit of adoption, right? God's Spirit ought to be telling you your mind. Right? This is what he goes on to say here. The Spirit Himself, verse 16, the Spirit Himself bears witness with our Spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. When we talk about this adoption, when we talk about what it means that we are children of God, right? Friends don't get the inheritance. Acquaintances don't get the inheritance. You don't call them heirs. The children are the heirs. He he speaks of us not only as heirs like we were some lesser heirs, but as heirs with Christ. You have been adopted into the family of God. The glory of heaven itself is yours. Do you realize that? Do you you realize that angels are sent to minister to you? Yeah, yeah, I gotcha, I gotcha. I want, I want us to think, when we think about, because we're going to get to discipline time-willing today, um, I want us to think about, because oftentimes we think about discipline, and we, we don't think about that as one of the blessings of being a, a son of God, son and daughters of God, yes. Um, and that's, that, that. oftentimes that comes... Because of some of that baggage, I think, that we bring when we, when we um, are, are, are new in the faith and new in walking, when we haven't had the years that it takes for the Holy Spirit to work through the, working, through the reading, studying, preaching of His Word, to chisel away at those things so that we understand what discipline is, right? We understand the place and purpose of discipline. If God did not love us as children, He would not discipline us. And if He disciplines us, here's the thing. Here's the thing, we ought to desire that he disciplines us, right? Trusting that he will not be more harsh to us than is necessary to bring us into the likeness of his son, so that we can be in the image of his son, right? Just like as earthly parents, okay? Now, as parents, when, when I discipline my children, if I fail to discipline them, if I see them going astray and I don't say anything to them, does that show love no. for them? No. Now, if I see them going astray and I am more harsh to them than necessary for that moment, is that appropriate discipline? No. There is a level of tenderness and kindness that fathers ought to show in discipline. Our Heavenly Father is that type of father. He does not apply unnecessary force in his discipline. And his discipline is always and forever for our good. As our discipline ought to be for our own children. When I discipline my children, it ought to be so that I help them to go and find the path that is right. That I'm that I'm discipline is a form of leading, right? And if we're too harsh in our discipline. Like if the if the if the level of force that we and when I when I say force, I don't mean necessarily that you're um, spanking right but I'm, I'm talking about if my voice is louder than it ought to be like if my child is running and there is a cliff and I don't yell at the top of my lungs stop then I don't care about my child but if my child is being a little rough with their siblings and I yell at them with the same force Perhaps I need to be brought, my my means of disciplining need to be brought more in line with the means of our Heavenly Father, right? Can I just say that's probably one of the hardest things as a parent? It is. It is hard. Because, like, the heart of a parent ought to be that we want good for our children, and our discipline ought to stem from that. But we are human, right? And sometimes, our discipline stems from you're annoying me as another created being. Right? <laughs> just a, a part in the back of your head, right? Yes. 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 You know. Yeah. Well, I just 100%. percent i find it myself a lot of times like, my discipline with my children is often much different than God's disciplining of me. Yeah. And in that... See him drawing me more into cross-likeness. Whether it's like I'm letting things go that I should be handling, or I'm handling too hard things that I should be, more yeah, kind yeah. with. I, it, there's just these two extremes. Yeah, you know, and, and and God handles all situations perfectly with perfect wisdom, and we will fail. We will fail, and in that. His spirit in us as fathers reproves us. Have you ever? Maybe, <laughs> I doubt that it's just me. Okay, I doubt that it's just me. I've had to apologize to my children before for the way that I disciplined them for something that they ought to have been disciplined for, right? I was not wrong in desiring to discipline them, my application of discipline, was wrong and the Holy Spirit convicted me and was like do you know how you show them me As you showed them even in their discipline and the way that you approach it that you fall short and in that point them to a father that does not fall short right if your children look at you as a father and you are the highest pinnacle Of what a father ought to be, then you have failed as a father. Right? You might be the best dad on the planet. Okay? You might be. You still, there's a chasm between you as a father and our heavenly father as a father. Point them in your fathering of those children to Christ, to our Heavenly Father, right? That's something that we should be seeking, seeking to do um, as fathers, okay? Um, So here we find ourselves in verse 16, the Spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So uh, I want you to ask yourselves, do you find the Spirit of God confirming who you are? this is something the spirit does okay this is not for me to say that you will never experience times in life where you feel distant okay there especially early i believe early in a christian's walk there will likely be times where you wonder if it's stuck like am i am i but here's the reality of what scripture tells us The Holy Spirit, when you ask that question, ought to be responding, yes, 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 you are. Am I his? Yes, you are. His Spirit ought to tell you. This is what Scripture says. His Spirit is to be confirming with us that we are his, that we are to cry out to him. So that when you fail, when you fall, when you stumble, your question is not "Am I His?" but "How quickly can I turn and run to Him?" Right? We run to God. We cry out to God. We are heirs with Christ. We're going to see this. Uh, let's look at First Peter really quickly. Um, we're going to try to um, make good time on these on these next couple. So, First uh, Peter chapter one. Um, There's quite a bit of scripture we're going to read here, but just stick with me. Chapter 1, verses 3 through 7. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Okay, Now, there's, you could, because of all this inheritance and the speaking of the inheritance part, think that this next part is speaking about the inheritance, but it's speaking about you as the one who the inheritance is being guarded for, okay? So when you read this text, don't read this as though it's by the power of God that that inheritance is being guarded, though it is, that's not what the writer here is trying to get across to you, Right? So, Jesus Christ, who, um, the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, verse 4, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you, you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed at the last time. So God, you as children of God are being guarded by God through faith for this salvation. And this great inheritance, right? This is going to be revealed in the last time, verse six. In you, um, in this, you rejoice now. For though a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. So we thank you for sons and daughters of God. Why would God allow us to go through trials? And this is another aspect of like if we're wise in our parenting, we. We, there will be moments and times, like as a dad, I always want to safeguard my kids, man. There's like, I I I fight constantly the temptation to helicopter parent in every single thing that I do. I don't, like, be careful is probably one of the most common phrases that I've learned as my children have learned to speak. It's probably one of the things that I say most often. Be careful, be careful, be careful, be careful. Right? We We oftentimes fear the trials that our children might face, right? Because I don't know if they're going to stand to that trial. I don't know, like, like, what will happen to them? I care for them, and I, I want good for them. And what if this crushes them, right? What if this is too much for them? Oh, but if we had the foresight and foreknowledge of God so that we knew that every trial was not to crush but ultimately to sanctify. And this is for us a reality that we can rest in as children of God, that there is a great inheritance that awaits us, though trials await us on this side. We know that those trials are purposed for us. So, Verse seven So that the tested genuineness of your faith more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and and honor at the revelation of Christ Jesus. Though you have not seen Him, you love Him. Though you do not now see Him, you believe in Him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Obtain the outcome of your faith and the salvation of your soul. So one thing that we can um, know as children of God is that as we, we know for a fact that for our children to grow, they must be tested right for them to grow into adulthood there's a time where we start saying go you 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 to be a, to be a fully functioning human being in this world you need to understand the way that the world works and that doesn't just come from books that comes from experience so go there's some exp- and I'm going to try to be here where I can to 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 keep you safe if you fall but you need to go you need to experience right just as we know that that's true and that it's better for them also god knows what is better for us so he allows these trials to come and these trials are to sanctify us not to break us as his children we can know that he is guarding us every step of the way that ultimately he is keeping us safe when i say to be careful what do i mean i mean i want you to be safe right The reality is, is that our understanding of safety is different from his, right? Because if I say to my young son, be safe, and he's 10, that's one thing. But if he grows up to be a man who desires to risk his life for others, what does safety look like then? Right? Right? How can he be brave? How can he be courageous? Right? If he takes no risks. Right? So calculated risks. That's what the Christian life is about. Like, Christian history is littered with men who counted the cost and risked everything and died on this side. Wasn't safe. Wasn't safe. Not for them at all. But the God who holds their inheritance holds them. And ultimately, when we realize that for us, death is just a passageway to God, our understanding of safety and risk changes. That that's calculation becomes a little bit different so that we desire our children to risk everything for the glory of God. That's a weird thing to say. And it was actually in the preaching of that type of reality that God reached out to me and said, You don't desire that for the children that you will one day have. And I ask in that moment, Lord, I want, like I hear what he's saying that he wants for his children. And I'm not like that. And I can't understand that. But I want to know you in such a way that I would desire that. And if my kids came to me one day and said, Dad, we're going to be a missionary and we're going to go to this place that the gospel's never been taken. Say, son, daughter, be careful as you risk everything for him. Right? We'll, we'll stop here. Um, I don't want us to run too far over and, we, and I also we've... Got three passages that I don't want us to to breeze over either. So we'll we'll spend another week on this. Um, we'll we'll close we'll close there. I'm gonna close this out in prayer.